You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. With you again, I'm reminded of uh, a couple of years ago, I was in Sri Lanka taking a preaching conference, and before the conference began, we went to a local village church where I didn't understand a word anybody said except Amen and Alleluia. Uh, but I looked around and I thought, these are my brothers and sisters, how wonderful to be together. So, it is such a delight to meet as God's people. Well, Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. Let's look at these words carefully. I will bless the Lord when? At all times. His praise shall continually be where? Oh, so not just feeling praise but singing praise or saying praise. Where will God's praise be? On my lips. Not only will I praise the Lord, I will boast in the Lord or glory in the Lord or my confidence will be in the Lord. And then the humble will hear and be glad. And then because the writer of the psalm, David, wants to praise the Lord, in verse 3 he says, Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Do you see the importance of that? It's not just that he wants to praise the Lord at all times, that, that he wants God's praise to be always on his lips, but because God is so great and because God has made, every, made us everyone, then David's heart goes out to others as well. Uh, proclaim the Lord's Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Do you see what praise does? It raises our spirits to God and it encourages us to encourage others to want to praise God as well. There is a kind of a springing up of praise in this psalm. Well, I wonder if your, your spirit at the moment echoes, resonates with these words, I will praise the Lord at all times. One good thing about taking a Bible study or about preaching is you have to do what you're going to tell other people they have to do. So I woke up this morning in a particularly grumpy mood, I might say, not enough sleep, lots of worries on my mind, took the dogs for a walk, thought to myself, I'm going to preach on praising the Lord this morning. I better get started now. So uh, we walk very slowly because one of my dogs has arthritis, so it's always a long walk as we plod along the street. So I thought, I'll praise God for everything God is. So 
I praise you, God, that you're wonderful. I praise you that you're wise. I praise you that you're loving. I praise you that you're compassionate. I praise you that you're full of mercy. I praise that you're a saving God, a speaking God. And needless to say, I was still praising God when we got home half an hour later. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will be always on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Well, that's a pretty big thing to say, isn't it? Could you say that? I will bless the Lord at all times, not just the good times, but the bad times as well. Can you say, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I can't stop talking about God and how wonderful he is. Well, I was the youngest of three brothers, I still am, I suppose, and so I'm used to wearing clothes which are too big for me. Not that my brothers were especially big, but when I was little, they were much bigger than me. So uh, one brother was seven years older and one brother five years older. So when I was uh, getting my, uh, the brother who was five years old, my brother Bill, when I was getting his clothes, they were always too big for me and I was always growing into them. And then, of course, eventually in some time I grew out of them, believe it or not. But I think growing into clothes which are a bit big for us is a bit like reading the Bible because sometimes we think yes that's me and sometimes we think well I need to grow into this and I think this psalm is a challenge for us to grow into the psalm at times there are verses in the psalm we think yes that's exactly right but I also think it's a psalm which is a bit big for us and so we need to learn to grow into it. It's actually true with the whole Bible, that the Bible is an invitation, not, not just to be who we are, but to grow into what God wants to make us to be. It's an opportunity to grow. And particularly when we find Bible verses we don't like, they're a great opportunity to grow, aren't they, into God's wisdom. So don't just expect when you read the Bible that your present situation will be affirmed. Expect to find a bit of a challenge for you to grow into, just like this psalm, I think. Now the best way to grow into a psalm is to read it and meditate on it regularly. So if you think to yourself, this is a psalm I'd like to grow into, then I'd really advise you to say it every day. Uh, and to meditate on it so that you can grow into it. And you'll find if you do this, not only will you grow, but you'll be encouraging others to grow as well. I will bless, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will be always on my lips. When I think of praising God, I often ask the question, do I feel like praising God? But the point of praise is not what I feel like. The point of praising God is who God is. 
do you see? Because God is the same whether I feel like praising God or not. And this psalm focuses on the Lord. Verse 1, I'll bless the Lord, praise the Lord at all times. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me, Yahweh's greatness with me. Verse 4, I sought the Lord, he answered me. Verse 6, the Lord, the poor man cried, the Lord heard him. Verse 8, ho taste and see, the Lord is good. Verse 9, fear the Lord, you his saints. Verse 11, come, O children, listen to me, I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. So who is the Lord? For David, of course, he just meant God. God is the Lord. But we know, because we live after David in times of the New Testament, that Jesus is also the Lord, isn't he? Uh, God exalted Jesus to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when we're, when we're using this psalm, David's psalm, to praise the Lord, we're not just pra praising God in general, but we're praising, also praising the Lord Jesus Christ, and we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So when we're praising the Lord, we're praising God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we learn from these first uh, three, three verses that praising is something we need to do. I recently read uh, these words from a man called Sam Crabtree. Uh, to practice thankfulness, you don't just feel something, you do something. Thanks is something you give. Thankfulness enjoys something and thankfulness expresses and enhances that joy. To be grateful but not to express it is like learning a song but never singing it or buying an ice cream and not eating it, which I think is very silly, or getting a wedding ring and never putting it on. So our praise, our gratefulness, our thankfulness is expressed when we express it, when we say it. So when the Bible says be thankful, it doesn't just mean feel thankful, it means be thankful. Say to God, thank you. It's a bit like marriage, isn't it? A friend of mine said to me, she asked her husband why he hadn't said, I love you, for the last 30 years. He said, well, I said it 30 years ago. That still stands. <laughs> Husbands, it's worth saying every day to your wife, I love you. And wives, it's worth saying every day to your husband, I love you. As it's worth saying to God every day, I bless you. Your praise is always in my mouth, on my lips. Well, let's look at the next uh, four verses, the verses four to seven. I sought the Lord and he answered me. 
and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy, their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Well, I, let's go back to those verses if we may, uh, back to verses four, to, thank you very much. Uh, what an extraordinary state, uh, statement in verse four, I sought the Lord, he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. I don't think that David is saying that the Lord delivered him from every fear throughout his whole life. He's, I think he's saying he delivered me from the fears I had at that particular time, you see. For those who look to him are radiant with joy. If we look at our problems and our fears, we are not radiant with joy. But those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. And this psalm is not a psalm for people who are successful. His life is easy. Verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. You see, the psalms deal with those times when we find that our fears and troubles remain, even though we call on God. Yet here... The writer of this psalm, David, says, well, on this occasion, you, you delivered me. He delivered me from all my fears and saved me from all my troubles. There will be fears to come and troubles to come. But how wonderful when God hears and answers our prayers and we can praise him. Of course, from a New Testament perspective, we will not see this final deliverance from our fears and troubles until the Lord Jesus returns. So we need to learn to be patient as we wait for these words to be fulfilled totally and finally. And yet there are the wonderful promises, aren't there? Philippians 4, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Or Romans 8, our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. Or Romans 8, again, I know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And I love uh, Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher of the 19th century, uh, wrote, if God works all things for good, then nothing works for evil. Or Romans 8 again, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then David turns his attention again to the people around him. Let's look at verse 8. What a wonderful invitation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. One of the really odd features of modern life is cooking shows. Do you watch cooking shows? I do. I love them. I think they're terrific. Because you don't put in any weight. You see, that's the wonderful thing. You can enjoy all this lovely food, but you don't, don't put on any weight. Nigella puts so much sugar in everything, I can't believe it, and yet she looks so slim. I think it must, must, he must wear a corset or something like that. 
But of course, the trouble with cooking shows is you can't taste anything, can you? But David can say, taste and see that the Lord is good. And that's actually a word that we can say to anybody. Try it and see. Try trusting God. See how it goes. If you don't know God, you could always say to God, please reveal yourself to me. If you don't know God's kindness, you could also always say, God, be kind to me. If you need some compassion, you can always say to God, please have pity on me. And what a wonderful invitation this is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him. There's no refuge from God, only refuge in God. It's often the case that the only thing we can do is trust in God. The only thing we can do is find refuge in him. You are his holy ones, fear Yahweh, fear the Lord, for those who fear him lack nothing. Fearing God is having a right reverence for God. It's respecting God for who he is. If we fear God, we need not fear anything or anyone else. If we have the big fear, the little fears will vanish. Because we fear God, we reverence God as the mighty ruler of all things and all people and all powers. Because we trust him as our loving heavenly father. And because we receive all of God's blessings in Christ, safety, protection, compassion, grace, forgiveness, encouragement, deliverance, love, and hope. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones, fear the Lord, fear Yahweh. For those who fear him lack nothing. Then the next few verses. Uh, move on to verse 11, thanks. Thank you. Uh, Come, O children, listen to me. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who delights in life? Who, who is the man who delights in life, loving a long life to enjoy what is good? Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from deceitful speech. Turn away from evil and do what is good. Pursue it, uh, seek peace and pursue it. What is it to fear Yahweh, to fear the Lord? Well, very simply, it is to watch your speech and watch your actions. Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from deceitful speech. Turn away from evil and do what is good. Seek peace and pursue it. The world is full of beautiful things and beautiful views and beautiful animals in spectacular sunsets, but nothing is more beautiful than a human being 
who keeps their tongue from evil and lips from deceitful speech. Nothing more beautiful than a human being who turns away from evil and does what is good. Because that kind of human being looks as they're meant to look, as we're all meant to look, like an image of God, a reminder of what God is like. There is nothing more beautiful than a Christian man, a Christian woman, a Christian child. Nothing more beautiful in the world than a Christian. Yet in our society, so few people worship goodness. We worship success and neglect goodness. We worship achievement and we forget the immense value of doing good. Whether our doing good is in great tasks or small kindnesses. Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The next verses, thank you. The eyes of the Lord, the Lord's having a busy time in this psalm, isn't he? His eyes are towards the righteous, his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Isn't it bizarre that the most famous people are the most evil people? <laughs> they look as if they've, they're going to last forever, but actually the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears towards their cry. And the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. How wonderful that 24 hours a day, the eyes of the Lord are on us and his ears are open to our prayers. Our midnight prayers, our 3 a.m. prayers, our desperate prayers, our prayers out of deep grief. The Lord hears them. He hears our cries. He's near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Christians often think that this world ought to be the best possible world. But actually, the Bible tells us that is not the case. The Bible tells us that Jesus reigns until all his enemies are put under his feet, and that is not yet. The Bible tells us that the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. So the Bible tells us that we're living in an age of turmoil and disappointment and evil, waiting for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And then we'll find that the Lord has indeed been near to the brokenhearted and saved those who are crushed in spirit. Verse 19, thank you. Many adversities come to the one who is righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil brings death to the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be punished. The Lord redeems the life of his servants and all who take refuge in him will not be punished or condemned. Yes, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no refuge from God. There is only refuge in God. You know, there's a wonderful moment, uh, children, please excuse me, when children say, at probably age three or something like that, they, they put their hands over their eyes and say, you can't see me. It's a wonderful moment, isn't it? To which the reply is, yes, I can. But that's what so many people do with God, isn't it? They close their eyes and say to God, you can't see me. But of course he can. <laughs> yeah. There's no hiding from God. The only place to hide, the only safe place, the only place of comfort is in God. For we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's go back to the first uh, few verses, if we may. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to get this psalm, the words of the first three verses, into your minds and memories. So we're going to say them together. Let's say those first three verses together. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let's say it together again. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. And if we could have the prayer circles now, please. Uh, we talked about these a few weeks ago, but I thought it was worth rerunning them. Praise filled, thanks filled, filled, trust filled, praying. Let's look at the right hand side, that's the, night, that's the positive one. The more praise filled, thanks filled, trust filled, praying we do, the more we're aware that we're God's fellow workers in the world. But the less praise filled, thanks filled, trust filled, praying we do, the more responsibility we feel to sort everything out ourselves. And the other slide, thanks. The more praise-filled, thanks-filled, trust-filled praying we do, the less stress 
we will feel, and so the more praise-filled, thanks-filled, trust-filled praying we'll do. But the less praise-filled, thanks-filled, trust-filled praying we do, the more stress we will feel day by day, and the less we'll be likely to do our praise-filled, thanks-filled, trust-filled praying. Well, I'm not a medical man, but my advice is take Psalm 34 once a day for a week and see if it makes things better. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let's stand and say these words again. Take a deep breath. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Amen.